Well, folks, you know you're in for a treat when you hear that tune, because it's time for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. And I got to thank Peter Trulin for putting that awesome tune together, because you, as soon as it starts playing, you, you see people's heads start bobbing here in the chat. It's a catchy tune, and it means you are in for another week of trouble here with the Wrecking Crew on the Rec Poker Podcast. So thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, I want to say, first of all, thank our sponsors, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, Casino, and Hotel. Um, everything we do here at Rec Poker, well, not everything, most of what we do here at Rec Poker is free. We're a largely volunteer-based organization, and uh, so their support means a lot. And the premium members that unlock all the amazing uh, premium features of our premium membership here at Rec Poker, uh, they deserve the real thanks. We've got a couple new premium members since we last uh, spoke, so I want to thank Timothy Fletcher and Darius Kriegel uh, for their support and their help keeping the lights on around here. Um, their $15 a month uh, really shows us that that you enjoy what we're doing. It helps us keep our uh, defray our operational costs. And it's just a great way to support the show and everything else that we do here at Rec Poker. Um, it's a largely free community. We have a ton of amazing premium options. The folks that make those premium options happen are the Wrecking Crew. Uh, you get used to hearing my voice on Mondays, but that's just because they let me host the podcast. It takes a whole crew of people to make the magic happen over here. Um, my name's Jim Reed. I'm Bluffsterini in the home game and at Wreck Poker Jim on Twitter. But if you want to find out more about me or the rest of the Wrecking Crew, all you have to do is head on over to wreck.poker slash crew. But you can also just listen up because you're going to meet a few of them here on the air tonight. My name is Eric Jin. I post as Binkley on the forums. You can find me on Twitter as Rec Binkley. Or if you're playing the home games, you might see me as COM Binkley. My name is Joe Coolis. You can find me at Twitter at Joe Cool PhD, cool with a K. Uh, and you can see me on uh, the Rec Poker site at as Elvita11. And I am John Somsky. I'm known as Poker Geek MN everywhere. And we are excited to be joined by the one and only Merv Harvey tonight. Um, we're going to be starting the interview with Marv in just a minute. With Merv in just a minute. Uh, I also want to mention uh, we're still doing our Tuesday night uh, uh, home game special with 100K Studios. Every Tuesday night, you get a chance to win a prize. We'll go into some details about that later. And I also want to flag if you're those kind of people that don't uh, listen to the full podcast. We're going to talk more about this at the end. But at the very beginning, I just have to flag, we are having our very first official Las Vegas Rec Poker meetup game. It's going to be in the last week of June. If anyone's in Las Vegas for the last week of June, you'll see some more details coming soon. But we're going to be getting together at one of the casinos on the Strip and having our very own Rec Poker meetup game. So I hope folks can join us for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun like our own Merv Harvey. So Merv, it's so great to be talking to you today. Uh, you've been on the show before. Back in the day, you had our own Steve Fredland on your show, which was the post-flop poker podcast. If people don't know who Merv Harvey is, I don't know what rock you've been living under for the last little while. But the post-flop poker podcast was a fantastic podcast uh, that was sort of aimed at, like ours is, kind of serious recreational players looking to make the next step. And uh, Merv, I just really enjoyed that show uh, a lot. I know you've come a long way since then, but let's just start by me saying it's great to be chatting with you again, friend. Thanks for coming back on the Rec Poker Podcast. 
Yeah, thanks, Jim. It's always a pleasure seeing you guys. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed the show. And, uh, yeah, we could sort of touch touch base from there and, uh, you know, still be in contact now. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, it's it's one, one of the things I love about the poker world <laughs> is that you find these people that you just want to stay in touch with. You know, you're one of those just fun, positive people that are uh, shining your light in the poker world. So if our if our fans and our audience don't know about you, um, you were the co-host of the Post Flop Poker podcast. You've also been an avid player uh, for a long time. Um, I always start our interviews with this, but if if someone just asked you sort of what's your role in the poker world today, how would you summarize that for them? Today, uh, today, literally, as I'd be a uh, content, uh, yeah, per- perusing the content um, as much as I can. I just never get enough chance to listen to as many podcasts as I can listen to. Uh, there's not enough hours in the day. Um, I try and get out and play as many live tournaments as I can, local ones around here, uh, depending on where I'm staying at the time. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that that's probably... Uh, probably the, my main sort of uh, basis, and just sort of following uh, following the poker Twitter world and seeing what uh, what all these great people that I've met what what they're up to. And uh, you know, for example, I saw Kevmath made a bit of a, a run yesterday. Uh, I got to follow that in his uh, in his timeline. So uh, yeah, that that's pretty much uh, where I'm at. So let me let me start with that then. So um, the po- the post flop poker podcast was on the air for quite a while. Um, you guys did, I think, over a hundred episodes. Uh, what was what was that like for for you participating with it over that long stretch of time? Um, how did that kind of change how you thought about the game of poker, but also how you thought about the poker industry and the people in it? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess that uh, yeah, we went for a, a few years. I did. I ended up doing nearly a hundred episodes. Uh, I took over from. Uh, um the previous co-host and uh we yeah we were able to get on some great guests and just get so many different uh points of view um tips strategies uh i was sort of waiting for the big uh, big key to unlock this something in my brain that was then going to lead me into these five figure scores and six figure <laughs> scores uh some reason it didn't quite happen but uh uh i think yeah uh Probably the clue was that I didn't, didn't, wasn't able to put enough time into the studying side, and uh, uh, I think that's if I, if I had my chance to go back again, I'd really try and jam in some more studying hours while I was uh, hosting that show. But uh, uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and you know, every every two weeks coming up with a, a, a new guest was always a bit of a challenge. Uh, trying to get poker players onto a, a podcast, you know, with with. <laughs> One of us in Australia, one in Thailand. Uh, we had uh, Mike was in in Europe, Amsterdam, or sorry, Holland, and uh, you know, and poker players they're they're playing tournaments all the time. We don't know when they're going to finish their day, or you know, they've had a long cash session. It was going good, you know. They're uh, you just it, it was it was always a, a tough ask to get a, a guest on, but I'm pretty proud of the the list that we ended up getting. Yeah, definitely, Eric. You had something. Oh yeah, so I remember I'm, I'm a big fan of the poker uh, post slot poker podcast. It was like one of the early poker podcasts that I listened to regularly, so I learned a lot from that. And I remember that you would mention like, "Oh, I'm I'm now on this 
part of the country and now this part of Australia. Uh, my impression is you moved around because you were, uh, you, you did like house sitting or pet sitting. Was that, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right, Eric. Yeah, we, we do, um, my, my wife and I, partner, uh, we do house sitting. So uh, we're constantly on the move from one pet sit to the next, to the next, to the next. I think last year we we clocked up about 40 different moves. Uh, this this year we're on track for about 30. Uh, it's nice the longer sits are better because you get to stay in the same place for a while and uh, uh, I get to get a little bit more used to the local card room. Uh, and so, yeah, depending on where we are, uh, I can go and play, a, a, you know, there's heaps of different poker leagues on in Sydney. Um, there's you know, probably, uh, I don't know, about hundreds of games, but there's probably getting close to about 50, 100 games a, a night on anywhere in Sydney. So I'd just try and uh, look for the value, see what uh, what suited my bankroll, see what suited my style of play. Um, sometimes I like to play with the regulars that I'll know from from the same place over and over because you kind of know how they play, so you, you've got a bit of an advantage there. And other times it's really great just going to some place you've never been before, totally unknown players. They don't know you, you don't know them, and that's an, another challenge altogether, yeah. Do you ever notice, uh, like, a regional difference in terms of style of play? Like, oh, this this region is they're they're all tight and and nitty and limping, and or this this other region, you know, they like to battle in three bet, four bet. Did you ever notice yeah, good, that? Good question. Um, I th- I'd probably say the most noticeable difference would be in the in the leagues. Uh, the differences between the leagues. There's there's some that are, are way more recreational, and others that. Uh, probably have a little bit more of a, a structure towards some of their bigger games. So the players that tend to play there will be a, a lot more studied uh, and tend to be a, a bit more difficult to play against. Um, they're some of the ones I, I really enjoy. Um, so probably, and regional-wise, regional, regional wise, I, I think poker is so varied that uh, you're always going to get uh, you know, the, the range of players from your from your. Uh, totally recreational you know young young guy that's just there to have some drinks with mates and he's only played a couple of games to the uh the the semi-pro with their backpack and uh if they bust out here they're going to be going straight to the next game that they can uh, so yeah probably probably more the difference between the leagues rather than uh the regions i guess uh, yeah that makes sense yeah uh, anything else there eric Oh, no. All right, Joe, you had something, I think. Well, I have, I have plenty as always, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. But bring it on, baby. Um, no, don't keep it. <laughs> keep it brief. I'm going to have to talk more. No, get in. No, no, we don't. Nobody wants that. We don't want that. Oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, yeah, I, I was actually very excited to. Uh, um, uh, I wanted to talk to Marv Hervey, but Harvey, oh, but apparently he didn't show up. So well, I, I have to come up with new questions for Marv Harvey. No, I, you know, Postlap Poker Podcast was is actually the only other podcast I've ever listened to from beginning to end. I, I can't even. And really say that about the rec poker podcast you know and so there's a lot of this from, is like 486 yes. or something so, yeah. <laughs> but i it was it was actually when i started um playing and i needed something to try to learn and so many other to be honest like even like rec poker didn't really have strategy segments and so it was less interesting to me whereas you guys always kind of and you very systematically took it forward um so i can say i've listened from beginning to end and i i really want to give you credit because i think that if anybody hasn't listen to the post flop poker podcast it's still a great podcast to listen to just to talk about strategy just to break it down 
but in particular, the manner in which you um, and Ben and and Mike for the period that he was on really kind of, I was always amazed that the three of you had such a good rapport, given that you were in so many different places uh, and seemed to just have an easy uh, an easy way of going things uh, and talking about things. Um, and I, I do want to, before I get to my question, I do want to say that the segment on your dad was one of the most touching things I've heard in a podcast uh, really throughout the whole time. I thought that was really fantastic. And I'm not, I'm not going to ask you to talk about it because I'm sure it was deeply personal uh, at the time, but I just wanted to, to say that that's difficult, you know, to do. Yeah. So how do you, how do you come in from a point of being a non-poker player uh, into somebody who plays poker grinding every day, right? Cause I, you, you were playing a lot of pub games if I remember and essentially fit in and mesh into that sort of environment so seamlessly. It, w- it was quite impressive. Yeah, it's in- interesting. Uh, I, I usually consider myself a pretty shy, shy person. You know, I, I don't usually like putting myself out there for things. Uh, oh, I think it was probably my enthusiasm for poker um, that kind of got me over the line there. Uh, to to even just to get a, a, a gig at the at post flop. Um, Ben casually mentioned at the end of the show, oh, we're looking for a new co-host. And, and I thought, oh, I might try that. And I sent him a message saying that I, I happened to have captained the 13 E's cricket side uh, when I was at high school. So I could make a you know a good captain. And uh, he believed me. And, <laughs> you know, I, I was as shocked as uh, as anyone when he wrote back saying, yeah, okay, well, uh, come on, let's, let's, let's give it a go. And, uh, from there, I, I guess I, I just started off with, um, as far as trying to get guests on with with a few people that I, I knew and and wanted and people that I wanted to to meet and hear more of and and also want to let the poker world hear more of, um, and yeah, I think that was you know I, I sent Ben my my wish list of who I wanted to get on the the podcast and we systematically worked our way through them, and uh, yeah, I, I think. I think it's basically just just having a, a, a non-stop enthusiasm for talking poker that uh, just allowed me to get on and, and talk, uh, which, yeah, I'm <laughs> not always the best at, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and thanks you, for what you, you said about that. I'm sorry. S- sorry. I was just going to say uh, uh, thanks for what you said about uh, Dad's segment. Yeah, I, I, I was sort of tossing up, you know, how much do I bring a subject like a, a father passing away to a poker podcast is supposed to be um, happy and cheery, but Ben was was on board, and um, and and I just thought it was important to to kind of talk about that as being that's part of real life that comes along, and uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I think that's a great point because I think that oftentimes people, when they try to construct something, uh, particularly about poker, it's like they remove the humanity from all of it. Um, you know, even even poker players themselves. Uh, and you can ask these guys, I, I regularly rail against emotion being completely devoid in poker because it's we're not sociopaths, right? Everybody at the table is a human being. And, um, I, you know, I do think that, po- that post-flop did do a good job of kind of relaying that, that, you know, Mike's uh, going on the game shows and then having all of the, uh, <laughs> all of the, what was it, the... Uh, um, 
the uh, Tinder dates in his basement that he was locking up, which I think Jim probably has too, as well as knowing what I know about Jim's basement. But, um, you know, and just moments like that, which I think make something relatable to the kind of people in our audience who aren't going to be grinding, you know, sit and goes 14 hours a day. Um, they're going in to ostensibly to meet people and, and to be involved in that. So. Yeah. And, and that's, that's to me, that's a great thing about uh, live poker, especially. Uh, that's why I just love it so much more than online. Uh, online, I'd, I'd love to be able to play in Australia. We can't really play now. And, and I was able to dabble a little bit before they, they totally banned it here. Um, I would have loved to have been able to connect with the the HUDs. That would have been my my connection to, like, to replace the human connection, but to play live uh, and just go and sit on the table and just, yeah, what's this guy talking about? And you, you hear the little side comments like, ah, oh, I would have had, I would have had this, I would have had it. And you think, okay, well, you're just getting, yeah, tells all over the place. And, and the, the social part of it as well is, yeah, just, just awesome. It, it, it's probably one of my favourite things that all, all humans are completely and 100% unique. Uh, no two are the same. Uh, and, yeah, it just never ceases to amaze me that uh, mm -hmm. the, the human range and, and in poker we get to see it you know, right there in front of us and, yeah, and play a game with them. <laughs> yeah. Where did you develop your sense of comedic timing? Um, I thought it was fabulous. Of comedic timing it, it's like your ability to respond to ben at the time when he would when he would press you on something um was was really well played i think it was one of the uh, things that made the podcast quite listenable oh thanks so definitely no uh comedic training uh <laughs> in fact most of it's probably a nervous reaction half the time when I hear some of the <laughs> stuff that they uh, they came up with uh, between him and and Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I cringe and either have to kind of <laughs> not not uh, yeah, just be careful what I said in response. And sometimes I'd need to kind of steer the ship back to some sort of normal normality or like uh, you know, there's only so long that you can talk about Tinder dates. Uh, <laughs> just, just the other day i saw somebody on a mobility scooter and i couldn't <laughs> help but think about mike <laughs> that was classic but wait a minute here i'm 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 gonna push back at you being you know only uh, being unable to be uh to push comedy because you were the one that came up with the bingo mindset training, which I've actually wanted to sign up for. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so yeah. how is that going? How is, I mean, how is the bingo mindset? You know? Oh, look, it's going, it, it's going perfect. I haven't had uh, many clients, but that's okay. Uh, you're <laughs> welcome to, to jump on board as the first. I'll give you a special offer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Bingo mindset. Uh, I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of my wife. I, I grind the poker. And she's pretty good at grinding the bingo. Uh, and if I told you what her ROI for bingo is, you would not believe me, given that it's meant to be a random game. So uh, we, I, I like to, uh, uh, she considers me her, her bingo coach. And I take a lot of the poker mindset uh, things, things like table selection. You, you don't want to be sitting on a table of grumpy bingo players that are whinging about how much they've lost over the last six months and how they've never won and, you want to be sitting on a nice, positive, uh, supportive group. And when one wins, you all feel like you've had a win, you know. Um, what else have you got? You've got 
obviously focus. You've just got to focus and make sure that you're you're there. Um, there's a, a, a bit of a, a, a willpower sort of thing, believing that that right number can come out when you need a 68 uh, to come out as the last number. Uh, you really have to set that mindset to 68 will come out, 68 will come out, will, will come out. It doesn't always come out. It, it never always comes out. <laughs> it's like poker. So the more that you have that will, you know that it's not going to happen all the time, but when it does happen, you were there for it and you you kind of willed it towards you. You, you drew it in towards you. I'm, I'm a big believer in um, picking up energies of, of kinds, the energies that we can't really measure. Uh, so that, that yeah, the bingo mindset's a big big part of my play and, and I apply it to life as well. You know, when you're going somewhere at full, you know the car park's going to be full and you think, how am I going to get in and get out? How am I going to get a car park here? It's just... You just set the intention before, way before you go and just know, okay, there's going to be the right car park there. And uh, f- for myself, maybe because I'm in, engrossed in this bingo mindset, more often than not, I actually get one. I, I, I like to call it uh, my white magic. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> is there something yeah. – is it a little different though? I mean because – Bingo obviously is a much more physical game than poker. You do have to worry about having the arthritis or you know getting cramps doing the dauber. Um, is there anything different that you coach there between bingo and poker? Uh, yeah, look, the exercise regime poker is a bit different to bingo. Mm. Um, yeah, you've you've got to make sure you go in there with your dobbing hands. Although. Nowadays, it's it's a lot more electronic. So, uh, at least here in Australia, anyway, we have, we have electronic machines for bingo. So you don't get as many of the arthritis complaints that you, you used to hear about. N- uh, not so much. Uh, so, Rob, yeah, are there are there different? Is it like poker where there's different strategies for live versus online? Because I know the game can be played very differently once you take it online. You know, it, it, at least with poker, it's a completely different strategy. You don't uh yeah look on online bingo it, it's not something i've been able to get into too much because again it's 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 uh outlawed here in australia uh they just won't have that sort of you know illegal kind of stuff over here uh so yeah I, I, it's definitely different you really want to be in with the live crowd when you're playing bingo you, you you've got to be a part of it um i mean people you know talking about this in, in a laughing way but down in Melbourne, for example, there's uh, there's games there where there's ten thousand dollar bingo games every week, um, and sometimes some nights there's three ten thousand dollar games on uh, a couple of two thousands, and the rest might be five hundred. So that could be for a buy-in of say seventy bucks, hundred bucks, um, max out at one hundred and fifty, um, and you're in in the shop for a ten thousand uh, price, and uh, I can the same. And this is the same region of the world where they have problems with gambling with poker, but they're they feel like bingo is a skill game. So it's not quite the same concerns that you have with these uh, degenerates playing poker. I don't know how they do it. There's some legal loophole that lets them give away tons of dollars. I mean, that $10,000, they also have $100,000 games as well. Oh, my so, God. Um, and I've seen them. <laughs> they have them in America too, so it, was, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't sort of – I was like, wow, $100,000 bingo game? This is crazy. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's free. So has, 
has has the bingo how is how is live bingo in 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 Australia dealt with real time assistant issues? I mean, I, I just can't imagine solvers for for bingo have been just rampant. So, look, I'm, I'm working. I'm work, currently working on one at the moment. It's I'm going to keep it pretty quiet because I don't think it's going to go over too well with the uh, the old crowd that usually go. Uh, yeah, just a little thing like you know, every every five numbers you want to be hitting two or three, and every every ten numbers you want to be hitting four or five. And if you're not up to that yet, you've got to increase that mental power to kind of bring those extra numbers in before you start getting close to call. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that we were able to have you here on the Rec Bingo podcast. As John Somsky <laughs> puts into the chat. Yeah, um, let's let's pull up a little here, gang, so that our, our, our few remaining listeners can uh, soak up some of this knowledge. Um, so, so Merv, I want to talk a little bit about uh, sort of what happened um, with post flop. Uh, I mean, I know what it's like being in this great position of being able to host a podcast and just, you know, being able to ring up all these fantastic poker people and just invite them to come on the show and talk to them and, and kind of enter that poker world. Um, who were some of the people that really surprised you with either how intelligent they were or how generous they were or just how kind they were um, from the poker world that you got to then uh, you know, engage with and become friends with or or have in your Philofax or your Rolodex for the next time you were in Las Vegas? Yeah, look, I I don't know if I can say that anyone surprised me with their their generosity or their um, uh, their willingness to come on the show. Uh, I, I was just uh, just really uh, grateful, I guess, is, is a good word for it, that these people that I've kind of looked up to um, and really enjoyed their their content or their 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 place in the poker world, just how they how willing they're able they were to, to come on and jump on and and talk strategy and listen to some of uh, the banter that uh, Mike and Ben were able to come up with. Uh, yeah, it, it was just just so many people that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm amazed they said yes. Put it that way. Uh, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, and so now you're in uh, this next chapter. Um, I'm sure a lot of those people are are still friendly with you and that sort of thing. I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, being connected to the poker world. So you've been getting more involved with like Twitter Spaces and that kind of thing, and being a part of the poker world, but not as centrally located within it as you used to be. Um, I've also, like, I'm sure a lot of the panel here and our listeners have also seen spaces kind of taking off. Um, talk a little bit about that uh, medium and what you like about it and why that's why you've been enjoying that so much. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the the um, the spaces, Twitter space has really taken off. Um, and when I say really taken off, you can say like four or five hundred people at a time. Doesn't sound like anything like thousands of YouTube views, but the 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 real value in it is the uh, I'm going to say the quality of the people that have been coming along, uh, and the uh, the level of, of how um, I guess kind of high up in the poker world are, and they come in, and in the main anyone can jump on and ask them a question in theory as long as the host allows them to jump on. So. You know, I mean, I, I could start running through names, but I'm going to forget them and some won't sound so good. But just from, you know, Daniel Negrano down, let's just put it that way, that 
Um, these people have been coming on and just giving their time to uh, everyday folk that have jumped on listening that may have you know, five followers on Twitter, but they, they're able to jump on and ask them a question about, you know, hey, what sort of game do you think I should be playing or what do you think about uh, this particular uh, move? Uh, um, so it, it's 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 got that sort of fan base kind of a feel to it. It's also got a, you know, there's been a lot of poker beefs that have been squashed. And uh, for me, that, that's that been really interesting to see is when you get, you know, two people that might have started a, a, a tweet war at each other, uh, the bashing heads tweet by tweet by tweet, they come onto the Twitter spaces and they're actually talking to each other and they're, they're starting to spill out some of their background, some of their life's history and some of the reasons why they do the things they do. And uh, to me, that's probably been some of the real uh, the real jewels in, in that, I guess, because seeing how people are able to resolve their differences uh, in such a way that, and, and such a public way as well, that other people were able to actually see, you know, people changing their views. And, uh, you know, it's, it's poker can be pretty polarising at times. Uh, you know, and there's polarising types of people playing. <clears throat> so that's what that's, that's what you get to indulge in in these poker spaces. And, uh, you know, I'm a pretty patient person, so I can sit through a lot of stuff that, doesn't mean anything at all, but you know that there's going to be some really good stuff coming up, and uh, th- th- that probably describes Twitter spaces. These spaces, some of them have just been marathon sessions, like t- you know, twelve hours, eighteen hours, nonstop. But the people that pop in, you know, Matt Savage, uh, you know, to talk about the blind structure of a particular event, or um, big blind anties, or you know, just all these different things. Um, what's since it's it's uh, topical, the HCL million-dollar game that's been on. Nick Petucci has been coming in and uh, just kind of giving us updates on how it's how it's been running and, and who's running hot and who's not. And, um, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to the WSOP uh, being able for me to be able to experience it from the other side of the world from the Twitter spaces point of view. I can, I can watch certain things on PokerGo. There'll be, you know, a few YouTube final tables and things. Uh, but to actually be able to converse with people that are there on the spot, uh, that's the real difference. You've got you know, people reporting live from, you know, and here's a bracelet winner. You know, they had the, the Jeremy, the guy that won all those win tournaments in a row, he oh, came yeah, on and, yeah. and explained stuff, uh, had a talk. Yeah. Just, just magic. Yeah. Yeah, he could he could do a talk on variance. I imagine the positive effects <laughs> of variance might be an interesting conversation. <laughs> I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, because I think people think about these Twitter spaces as sort of like crowdsourced, uh, you know, large grassroots communication and reporting structures. Um, you were also a reporter for Poker News at one point um, back in the day. How have you seen that aspect of the industry change over the years? And uh, can you speak to a little bit of sort of like the challenges of being a, a reporter in that in that specific position? Yeah, I, I can um, I can say it was a fleeting uh, experience. Uh, it was seven or nine days, I think, totally immersed in a, a series at uh, the Poker Palace, uh, which was the first time I'd ever been there. Uh, it happened. It uh, popped up. The opportunity has popped up because the uh, the usual poker news usual reporter in Australia wasn't available, and um, because I happened to be at uh, happened to meet a couple of the poker news guys at Aussie Millions, uh, I was 
they they just said, hey, do you, do you want to do some reporting? And I went, same thing as, as post went, yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, uh, how hard can it be? Uh, it can be very hard. It's <laughs> it's quite uh, a thing. I mean, you've got you you. One thing you you want to know the players that you're reporting on. There's no point sort of giving a, a hand history between uh, this guy that I don't know the name of and this guy I don't know the name of. Uh, you've got to find the names of the people. So I was on the back foot from there. You've also got to. There's no no chip counts anywhere. So you've got to actually count the chips in their stacks. Poker players don't always have the perfect stack of twenty, as as is a pretty popular topic. Um, often dirty <laughs> stacks and everything. Trying to get an exact count of that, and uh, sometimes there'd be you know a twenty five k chip that was actually tucked in the back. Or um, so that was that was difficult. You've got all these tables playing around you. You're looking at a hand, and you you might be writing down the the history and thinking, yeah, this will make for a good hand. And then a, a noise comes from six tables over and you think, oh, what's what's happened? What's happened? You've got to run over there, try and get the story from someone. And and then something else is happening over here, another table, you know, and while you're typing all that up, something else is happening. You're missing out on so much stuff. So it, it was a challenge to be able to, uh, yeah, put in you know, at, at least uh, half a dozen sort of hands you'd want to be putting in every hour or so. And uh, it was... It, it, it was long hours. It was, you know, you you were there all the time. It's not like you can just take a half hour break or an hour break and, you know, you, you miss key parts of the tournament. So, um, yeah, that, that was quite difficult. I'll say again to, I've said it a few times to people, but please, if you've ever been reported on by a poker news reporter and they get something wrong, um, don't, don't go and start a Twitter war with them. <laughs> just, um, just, just. Let them know they'll they'll do their best to correct it, um, yeah, and and go easy on them. It's it's not an easy job standing behind a table of players that are all looking at you, going, "What are you doing standing there?" <laughs> and uh, I, I was going to say, luckily, <clears throat> poker players are famously uh, very easygoing about mistakes in the reporting of their stacks <laughs> or that kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I, I copped a little bit from that, but mostly in the main, um, that it was great. They were, they were, most of them were really good. The, uh, the organizers, a, a shout out to Will, the, the TD there, you know, he just helped me along so much and I really appreciate everything, uh, he was doing to, to, uh, help us get the, the right story and the right names and the right, right chip counts. And, uh, yeah, it, I, I probably, just how how that little period ended was uh, the main event, uh, final table, got heads up. Heads up, I actually knew one of the guys that was in it, so uh, that, mm. that helped. And it went for about four hours, uh, heads up. Uh, there was a lot of folding pre-flop mm -hmm. going on as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd start to write down a hand. No, scratch that. That's not happening. Start to write <laughs> right. down a hand. Scratch that. No. Oh, there's a three bet. Oh, oh. Fold. Okay, scratch that. Not happy for about four hours. So uh, <laughs> I think I really sort of found my flow. Uh, yeah, about an hour or two before the end of the main event. There. <laughs> yeah, just to, just to get it, just to get yourself in lockstep, just in time, right? <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. But but I do, I want to remind our listeners, like, you know, these poker news reporters, it, it is a tough job and it can be pretty thankless sometimes. And the, it, it is difficult to be precise about this for all the reasons that uh, Merv's talking about here. So I'm glad to uh, give them a shout out and for people to kind of appreciate how difficult that job is. So you've been a reporter, you've been a player for a long time, you hosted the podcast. Um now, now that you're playing more and sort of focusing on on being a recreational player again, uh, what are some of the like common mistakes that you see other recreational players make that due to all your time on the other side of the mic, you're like, ah, ha, 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 I remember when I was like that. What are some of these kind of classic blunders that most recreational players make at some point and then they have to just have that aha moment that lets them take it to the next level? Yeah, the... There's, there's probably numerous ones. Uh, one of my favourite ones to spot is <clears throat> the player that comes either comes to your table or you go to their table. They've got the huge chip stack and you think, oh, geez, you know, I've got to steer clear of them. They'll lose a hand, a big hand, and you can just watch them and you see the, the smoke coming out of their ears. They're so on tilt, it's not funny. Uh, and then you watch them play the next hand and they'll you know, instantly three-bet the next next hand usually out of spite very occasionally they rock up with aces in that in that point but um, usually it's it's a tilt raise and um yeah and if you can find your way to get onto that uh in that hand um you know i'll often widen my ranges tremendously in a, in a situation like that when i know that uh, there's someone that's going to go on tilt and um you just they've just got to sort of recompose themselves um, Tommy Angelo is probably one of my favourite, uh, yeah, for tiltlessness. Uh, yeah, he's always sticking in my head as as far as resetting for every single hand. You know, if you've had a had a hand like that where you've just just copped a bit of a bad beat, you've really got to change that mindset because if you pay attention to how what your mind's doing at that time that you've copped the bad beat, you're not focusing on the next hand. Uh, you know, your your head's back in that. Oh, I should have I should have three bed, or I, I should have raised on the turn. Or you, you're replaying that mind, and that's that's gone. That's in the past. That's the last hand. You you got to be back on this new hand. And I think that's where a lot of folks just don't progress from one hand to the next. Same thing uh, in a similar way. So if you've won a big hand, you've, you've also got to kind of stay balanced and and be prepared. But it it affects mostly the the big losses, I think, and. Um, you just really got to reset for the next hand, every single hand you play. And you're playing hundreds of hands, hopefully hundreds of hands a night in the tournament. So you've just got to build up that muscle that allows you to just reset constantly. If you need to stand up from the table, you might be afraid of missing a hand. You don't have to miss a hand. Just stand up, just walk, do a, a lap of the, the other tables while someone's doing the shuffle. You know, um, it's, it's, a, it's a relatively easy thing to start to do. But, um, yeah, that, that's one uh, another one that I see is the uh, you're on the final table at, at our our games. Often you don't have a huge chip stack when you get to these final tables. You know, it could be 10, 15 bigs might be the uh, the big stack. Uh, you might have three, three or four. Uh, sounds like oh well, according to this snapshot chart, I should be going all in with X, Y, and Z. But the ICM implications, which you don't need to really need to understand exactly how ICM works, but you've got to have an idea that, hey, if someone else gets knocked out here, well, I've just bumped up to uh, another place and I've earned a few more dollars, um, a little bit more profit. And 
step by step by step, uh, you can often find yourself in the top three because these other guys with stacks of six or seven blinds have knocked themselves out because they've thought, look, I've got an ace. I've got to go all in with an ace. It's 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 the best hand I've seen in hours. Um, but, you know, you might be about to run into the, the chip leader, uh, you know, in the big blind who's just going to call you with with anything half decent and and half the time call you with something that's not decent at all and you're out because you've gone in with ace three off, you know, and you're basically up against, you know, you had an ace your three was barely, <laughs> barely coming into it. So, yeah, that uh, having a small chip stack when you come to a final table, don't, don't let that, don't be scared of that. Uh, I, I, you know, my biggest win, I went to the final table with less than two big blinds and, wow. yeah, uh, took out the tournament. That I wish I could say it happens all the time. It doesn't happen all the time, sorry to say, but, uh, yeah, it, it is, that's something I'd love to uh uh, well, yeah, I'd, I'd recommend people just reconsider when you get to that final table. Don't just throw away your stack because you've only got five or six peaks. Yeah, I think I think um, people don't appreciate that you can still execute a skillful poker strategy even with very short stacks. That the chip in the chair is a real thing. You know, as long as you've yeah. got a big blind, you have a, you have equity in the tournament. And I think people don't appreciate. <laughs> how much equity they actually have in the tournament when they get short like that. And you can still make poker decisions and good poker decisions. Um, so yeah, on that, on that front, yeah, no, please. please. Oh, no, I was just going to say it's, it, it's a, it becomes a matter of picking your spot uh, mm-hmm. and picking your spot when to actually shove that, that stack in. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eric, you had something, I think. Oh, I was just going to uh, mention, I, th- I think Murph, I think you've joined some of our home games and I was kind of, Two questions have you been able so what what time is it for you when <laughs> during our normal home games and uh second have you been able to uh take down one of one of the tournaments and win a pin yet i have i i have i've i if i if i could play as many rec poker tournaments as 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 i could uh, i would be playing every day but my time is just that uh, it often comes up uh, around the middle issue of our day um my days are, are always very spontaneous um theoretically i could play poker every day but it's opportunity cost and it's it, there's other things that i just have to get done and uh, real life happens to pop along and i call it real life because actually i feel like poker should be my real life but <laughs> yes um uh, yeah other other real life stuff has been happening especially these last uh, year or so uh it's meant i haven't been able to play as much I think I, I think I've pro- I'm probably only played Lifetime two or three, uh, and I'm not even sure if it's three. It might be two, but I know I've played one, and I know I won one just <laughs> not so long ago. Uh, yeah, I was I was on a bit of a roll that day. Uh, I just spontaneously again just thought, okay, I can log in, and uh, that was it was an awesome game. Uh, it is uh, it's the toughest play money game in the world by far i reckon um that that's impressive that. that you you've only played a few times and managed to win I a really good ROI. That, that is an excellent yeah. roi so yeah. uh i believe jim you and steve made like you printed out a bunch of those pins right and yeah yeah, yeah. so I, i'm yeah. wondering merv um 
Do you still have a stash of the Merv medals? Is when you, <laughs> oh. when you made those, or are they those still available at all? Well, well, well firstly, I, I have to remember to get that pin. I think Jim's still he's trying to save the postage from sending it to Australia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's still it's it's crossing in the mail with your check from Ben. I think they're still yeah, working yeah, that out. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. <laughs> and and the Merv's medal. Look, I'm I'm still in talks with the designer. Uh, <laughs> Where. We've had some uh, serious artistic differences, and uh, he, he just doesn't want to do it the way I want to do it. Uh, so it, I, I still have in mind that I'll I'll get it made up and send it out to, uh, well, to uh, probably to all the guests as well. I think they did that. <laughs> uh, um, I'll put Ben will be last to get his. Uh, it's only fair. Course, it's only fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so uh, one of my one of the other questions I had for you. So you you mentioned earlier you wish you'd sort of studied more at the time while you were so immersed in this kind of stuff. Um, what what have you found to be some effective study aids or some study methods? Like for you, what worked to get you better at poker? And then today, uh, what would you recommend to people that are trying to take the next step and bring their name to bring their game to the next level? What are some some training or studying? practices or resources that you you think would be very helpful uh yeah i'm probably yeah i haven't i still haven't quite found the the thing that actually will will unlock the key in my head uh or unlock the lock in my head yeah Um, i was gonna say (laughs) yeah uh but i i think that one of the most important things is to Focus in on the type of poker that you're playing and find the the coach or the forum that um, that works with that. So, and what I mean by that is you've, you've got live, you've got online, you've got cash, and you've got tourneys. Um, I, I count those as four different types of games. Um, you know, it's one thing. I, rem- I remember being shown, um, I think it was Snapshove, uh one of the my, the first trip I went to Vegas and uh, um, and I thought, wow, this is is fantastic. But and I can see how well that works for online stuff when you can just reg and reg and reg and, and just you get knocked out, you reg another one. But you're playing live, um, you don't want to be just shoving it all in with a seven because it because Snapshot tells you that you can do that. Um, you've you've got to find a a live tourney coach if you're if you're playing live tourneys and then you want to find one that's actually had experience in the stakes that you play at you really want to narrow in and find that exact groove of where you know i i uh, had a couple of coaching i've had a, a few coaching sessions with a few different coaches over the years and uh you know one of them was a cash game player at that stage of my uh playing career that was kind of helpful because there was a lot of um, things that i just hadn't wasn't aware of but after a few, a few uh, lessons there, I realised that I really need to be talking to someone about tournaments because I'm playing tournaments. So, uh, yeah, that, that that's one of the things I, I think. One of the reasons, one of the things I love about rec poker so much is that just the the sheer amount of the volume of of resources that you guys have have been able to come up with. <clears throat> you know, I remember the the main resource for rec poker when I first started listening to Steve was listening to him starting to compile his ranges week by week by week and and there'd be a, a you know a structure in a to it and I, I was fascinated by it. it just it just couldn't move quick enough for me um 
And but nowadays, you know, you guys have just compiled such a a volume of work that that's there for anyone um, that's playing online, live, twenties, or cash. It's it's all there for rec poker, and and plus you've got that community sort of engagement as well. And that's uh, I'd probably say for a lot of people starting, you know, the forums are just a great place to start because you it. Remember that it's not gospel. You're not learning from the best poker player in the world or the best poker players in the world, but you get you get ideas and you get sort of concepts and you get things that you can can bounce off your own mind and see what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And then you can go and try it out at, at the next time you play in next session. So um, no, yeah. I think that's that's something we we do talk about. And thank you for all those kind words. I mean, I I want to say you hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, that's that's part of what we've tried to do here is create this compendium of all these videos and forum posts and podcast episodes and, uh, you know, blog articles and stuff that people from any different point in their poker journey can come and find something that's going to make them better. But more importantly, find that group of people that they can talk to about uh, about their strategies, about the problems they're having, about the um, theory that they're studying and that kind of thing, because, uh, you know, watching the videos, listening to the podcast, uh, it's, it's helpful and it's, it's good information to be getting, but, um, you really, and maybe Joe, you can talk about this a little in one of our upcoming episodes, but, uh, it really just like you, you take it in better when you're being more active in how you study this kind of stuff, talking about it, putting it into your own words, typing it out on the on the page in the forums that just seems to we'll ask the uh we'll ask the uh, neuropsychologist over here but it um it feels like that kind of uses a different part of your brain and that kind of allows you to, to hold on to that stuff a little more more carefully is that true joe sort of i i, I think that <laughs> whenever jim starts to wax poetic about the brain i always start to cringe on a little bit on the inside but you get the yeah. <laughs> you get the general idea i mean i i think that what's you know as i've said before the thing that always brought me to rec poker is the sense of community because um it gives me the op- it gives people the opportunity to really ask questions about weak areas that they have uh, i that i think i said last week i grew up listening to doug polk you know, just, and it was, it was like that scene from, you know, uh, 13th warrior where the guy is, is <clears throat> listening to all the Vikings talk and he can't understand it. And then it moves and suddenly he can understand it. I just had to sit there and listen over and over and over again until I could understand what, what the hell Polk was saying. But half of the stuff that he would say, I would try and it would just obliterate my stack because I didn't really understand um, what it was that I needed to do there. And to put it into context, and I think that the community here uh, of people that are, well, usually non-judgmental, ju- uh, Jim judges me all the time, which is really kind of <laughs> annoying. But um, but being able to have those moments, have those moments of weakness and say, I don't know what this is, right? And then have people respond to it and say, well, now you can go watch this video or this is where you could go because I've been there and I want to help you kind of move through is, is what uh, where the strength comes from. I love that. Um, so Merv, what's what's left for you in the world of poker? Um, we were talking to David Lappin last week, and that was the one of the subjects that came up, which is sort of you've been around the game for so long, you've you've been involved with so many different facets of the game and the industry. Is there something in the world of poker, a summit unreached by you that uh, 
you feel like is just your your poker life won't be won't be complete until you planted that flag. What what what's what's left for Merv Harvey in the poker world? Oh, well, well, when you talk about a summit, Jim, uh, I have to believe in in my bingo mindset and say, <laughs> well, winning winning a World Series of Poker main event, uh, yep. that would be the summit. That'd be a good one. Say. That'd be a good uh, one. I'd but, even settle yeah. for just winning one of the high rollers events. It doesn't actually even have to be the main event. Just uh, you know, you know, set, 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 just give yourself a little room. Is what I'm saying. You know. I'll, I'll take a min cash. I'll take a min cash <laughs> at the main event because uh, it means that I'm over there and uh, yeah. think of it. So uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm so uh, I I don't feel like I've I don't feel like I've been in in the poker world for for that long. To me, it's just been sort of a, a brief point of, of time. Hopefully I'll be in it for the rest of my life. Hopefully I'm going to live a long life like my, my grandparents. They're, they're in their 90s. If I can get that far, I've got another 40 years to go and, and 40 more years of playing poker. Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I I think um, I, I've seen that the, the spaces open up and I think I'd like to be a part of, of that and um, just being able to kind of manage and uh, host a room where people respect uh, each other and, and you kind of make sure that there's respect shown by people in, in conversations and it doesn't turn into, uh, into some some kind of bitch fight. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that that's, that's you know, like a, a short-term thing. Um, I've always loved writing so I can... Uh, I, I do more writing. I'm pretty much open to anything that pops up in the poker world that just keeps me you know, involved and interested. Um, I, I can, like I say, I can never play, never seem to play as many live tournaments as I'd, I'd like to. Um, the other day, I, I was able to get to two in one day, which was awesome. Got fourth <laughs> in the first and final table the second. Uh, so that wow. was a great day. Uh, yeah, should. I won't tell you about the bad day why I only final tabled and didn't actually <laughs> win that one. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, just just getting to play as much as I can, staying staying connected with you know, uh, you know all, not just all the guests that we had on on um, on post block, but everyone that's just a part of this community. And you know, I, I'm I'm probably going to be more attracted to the people that actually try and insert positivity into not just poker but life uh, meanings in in general and uh that's kind of where I, I I've always liked to see my myself framing myself is in and around people that actually build up people's positivity and and um uh sense of enjoyment of life and and overall happiness uh if if we're playing poker and we're not happy and we're sad, then we shouldn't be playing poker, basically. Yeah, go and do yep. something else. Um, yep. I, I just think that poker can be so much fun and, and the people around, yeah, that, that's probably a, a bit of a nebulous no. kind of an answer. But um, No, no, but it's it's true. And I love talking to you about this kind of stuff because it's like when I talk to Kevin Mathers um, or some of these other people who have just found – a, a place for themselves in the poker world. They love poker, like you mentioned. You've got this enthusiasm for poker. Like I, I'm one of these people. I, I'm not. I don't belong here. I'm not credentialed. I, you know, I don't. Uh, you know, it's this weird world, the poker world, where if you're enthusiastic and lucky, you can kind of make a, a space for yourself just by putting in some hard work and doing something that you really love. 
and uh, you know, people take a chance on you and then you've, you've kind of built this space. So um, I just want to say congratulations on that for turning your enthusiasm into um, you know, the track that you've taken in the poker industry. And I'm, I'm glad that you enjoy it so much. It's clear that you do. Um, Eric, did you have something uh, before we close on out of here? Okay. Does anyone else have any other questions for, for Merv? Merv, so um, folks can still go back and listen to the old episodes of the Post-Flop Poker Podcast. It's uh, anywhere that uh, your fine podcasts can be found. Um, Joe, did you have good, some good, good, good podcast? You're supposed to say anywhere where good <laughs> yeah. podcasts are found. The, the, the finest <laughs> podcasts only are available is where you'll where you'll find that. Joe, well, I'm just curious if you if you if you've kept up with Ben, if you if you've talked with him over the years, if he continues to be part of your uh, part of your life, I guess, in in terms of communication and so on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we, we we had to finish up the the podcast. Ben ended up going back to England and uh, got a real job, uh, <clears throat> and had to kind of put poker aside. So uh, that's why we had to put the post flop to to sleep. Uh, unfortunately, the the website's gone. So uh, yeah, I won't I won't uh, point anyone towards the post flop poker website, which had all of the merchandise, so t shirts, you know. Um, that's not there, but uh, but yeah, where all the the good podcasts are found is where you'll see the uh, be able to listen to the episodes. Um, yeah, I've been able to keep in touch with Ben a little bit. Uh, just the odd uh, sort of tweets here and there, something will pop up. Um, he's, I think he's doing okay. He's in the back of my mind. I still think he wants to come back to poker. I think there's mm. there's something that wants to draw him back. Um, again, it's real life things that are, are keeping him um, engrossed in what he's doing, and uh, he's making that that choice to you know, prioritize that side of life rather than poker, which can be all encump- all engrossing and just take up so much of, of your life. So, um, yeah, he's he's doing pretty good. Uh, he's still, um, yeah, still got the same same sense of humor, and um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joe Anthony. No, I just tell him I said hi if if he if he reaches out. <laughs> yep, I will. I'll I'll, uh, I'll pass that on. I'm, I'm due to send him an email. Actually, uh, I'm overdue to send him an email. <laughs> as as I, if anyone out there else is out there that I has emailed me and I haven't replied back, I'm overdue for it. I know. Been catching up with some stuff. <laughs> so it's a it's a podcast poker host thing. This getting behind on the emails because I'm I'm also sort of chronically in that position. So I'm glad to hear I'm not alone. And maybe that I learned it from you, Merv. I learned it from you. You're the whole cause. <laughs> that must be what it is. No, I think it's uh, more universal, Jim. It's, yeah, it's bigger it than be. both of us. <laughs> I think it might be. I think you're right. It's one other thing. I um. So usually we have a. a food bank role here. And I'm not sure we're probably not going to be able to do that. I don't think we'll get away. Yeah. So what I'm going to offer to you, because I really appreciate you coming on and, and, you know, uh, I wanted to be a Patreon for, for many more years of the post-flop poker podcast, but you went away. And so I've, I've had this mound of money just building up that I wanted (laughs) to give. So what we've done in the past is uh, we have this dice roll um, where we roll uh, a dice and Jim is known for, uh, always rolling a one. So what I'm going to do today is that uh, we're going to take a six-sided die uh, and roll it. And until it comes up with a one, I'll give $10 to the food bank 
until such time um, as uh, as that one comes up, and I'll I'll put it in your name for just for just a little thanks for coming on because it's it's been very nice having you on here to talk. Is so, is that an up to an infinite number? Oh, I'm sorry. Are, maximum maximum one hundred dollars. Sorry, Mervin. Yeah, sorry. yeah. I, I was, I I was only a bronze. To put your safety net in there. <laughs> I was uh, I was only a bronze bronze member of the uh, of the of the club. <laughs> so, I think Joe's just trying to look like a good guy so he can earn a Merv medal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, from what hey, we understand. He, and Merv's a perfectionist about that metal design, you know, it doesn't, doesn't surprise us. It has to be perfect. Uh, it's well worth it. It's um, it's on the way, Joe. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that, Joe. And, and look, that, that sort of spreading the uh, spreading love split, spreading philanthropy, poker philanthropy, uh, that could be a, a long-term goal. I'd, I'd love to be involved in some way of uh, just making – Having uh, perhaps more poker charity tournaments, charity events, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as a way, you know, to raise money, especially uh, on the on the ground community level. Um, you know, if someone in your local poker room has has passed away, or or someone's going through some tough times with lots of hospital bills, have a game. Uh, you know, chuck in a buy-in. Um, have someone will donate some prizes, um, and just kind of bring the community together in that way. You know. Every, especially that poker community you know the guys that i play poker with i never see them outside of poker i only see them inside poker but hey you know we can all get together for for united together for a cause and um uh, yeah i think that's one of the one of the things i'd I'd love to see poker being used for so appreciate joe the uh reminder of that poker philanthropy uh yeah, no, I, I, I continue to be surprised at how uh, generous the poker world is. There's a lot of people here who don't mind contributing to the betterment of other people, especially those people that need it the most. So um, stick around for a minute here, Merv. I think we'll do the yeah. we'll just do the roll right here, right live on the show. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Um, this is just a part of our show where we always try and just take a moment to highlight the plight of people that are suffering from food insecurity. Uh, you know, even in first world countries, even in well-off neighborhoods, you never know who is having a little trouble putting food on the table for themselves on their, or their family. Today, more than ever, uh, the people that you might not expect might need a little help. And a great way to make a difference in your community is by donating some time, some money, or some non-perishable food items uh, to a food bank near you. Yeah, Merv, what do you have to add and- to that? Yeah, I just wanted to add, when I, when I first heard, heard you were doing the food bank giveaway, I'm thinking... Oh, there must be a food bank in you know, Canada or Raleigh right. Jimmy's. Uh, they're everywhere, guys. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm in a hotel in Singapore and there's a, a big thing down the bottom for their food bank for um, hotel guests that uh, haven't used it. Um, food banks just popping up. They're all over the place. And when you think, oh, I don't know their name, just look up food bank in your area. It'll be popping up. There's something just about everywhere. And, uh, yeah, there's there's more than enough food in this world for everyone. We just share share it around. You know? I, I love it. Yeah, that's right, Mervin. If you just pick out your smartphone right now and just Google food banks near me, you'll find um, some organizations that can use your help. And like Merv is saying, it's a problem everywhere. And uh, it's mm. a problem that we can at least lessen if we can't solve. So uh, thank you, Joe, for this excellent um, donation idea. We're going to start rolling here and we'll see how many we get to. Okay, the first one. 
It was the first one he, I got a well, one. So zero. He, he knew. Uh, well, it's Joe, always, knew, okay. Joe knew how it works. <laughs> always, always a one. I, we have to get a camera on this because this is insane. This is like the, right, right. this is not a sustainable frequency. Of roles. So, so because Jim, because Jim screwed it all up, what I'll give is I'll give fifty dollars the halfway point uh, in That's their name awesome. to the to the local food bank. So we're, we're we're not going to short the people food because Jim always rolls. <laughs> <laughs> and if I can just say, Jim, that that dice needs to be evaluated by someone with <laughs> There's something yeah. wrong with it. I think that's right. I've used this die for a while. It didn't always used to roll once, so I think uh, it's just it's got a little flair for the dramatic. I suppose I don't know where it gets that from. Um, all right. Well, thanks again, Jeff. That, that was nice. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah. My pleasure. Cheers. Uh, so, and Merv, if uh, folks want to connect with you, I think Twitter is the place that you tend to enjoy your time the most. It's at Merv underscore underscore Harvey. What, what's your handle again? So, uh, yeah, it's just at Merv underscore at Merv underscore Harvey. Um, I resisted getting on Facebook when it first came out because I knew how much time I would absolutely waste being on it. Oh yeah. Uh, instead, when I went to uh, to Vegas. The first time to play in the seniors event for my 50th birthday, I joined up Twitter so that I could talk to the guys from TPE, Tournament Poker Edge. Yeah. Uh, and now I spend way too much time on, on poker too. Twitter. Uh, Terrible. Way too much. <laughs> but I could spend more. Yeah. I'd love to spend more. In fact, I'll probably go on Spaces as soon as we're finished this. That, yeah, it sounds <laughs> like it. So, yeah, folks, I'll put I'll put that link in the show note too, but don't hesitate to reach out to at Merv underscore Harvey and uh, tell him that you enjoyed his episode on the show tonight. And um, I'm sure he can point you in the direction of some uh, uh, episodes of the Post Flop Poker Podcast and some other cool stuff that he's getting up to today. Uh, Merv, thank you. I always enjoy these conversations. And I must say also, thank you uh, for your support. I know you are also a Rec Poker Premium member. And uh, your your contributions to what we're doing here do not go unnoticed. And it's uh, it just it warms my heart. Uh, to have you be an active member of our community here. So thank you for all you've done for the poker world. And thanks for coming back on the show and sharing your story with us today. You're welcome, Jim. I, I, I probably can't afford it uh, to be a premium member. <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't nearly even use it as much. But I'm, I'm constantly on my brain to say, get into the rec poker. But yeah, for anyone, uh, it's just one of the, the the cheapest and easiest ways to start getting involved, and um, and and it's the least I can do to support you guys. But um, yeah, just that, like I say, the the body of work that you guys put into it, and um, the amount of effort, John, with all those games. Just, oh my God, how does he do it? I know it's insane. amazing. Like he he might be um, crazy. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say that. I thought he's the nicest guy in poker. Uh, and I'd say that's, that's probably it. true. But yeah, those uh you know what what you what you've done, John, for the for the home games, which I'm sure we're we're gonna hear about uh, results soon. Uh yeah, I did want to thank you for that. So uh, yeah, thanks for, for sticking in there, keeping those real games going so that uh, while people are learning stuff from wet rec poker, they can actually play as well against them against these guys awesome stuff guys there you go and uh john you heard merv he said it. it's one of the toughest play money home games uh running in the world so it's not just us saying it uh the word the word is getting out yeah we just need more and more players to come in and join along 
That's right. Come toss your hat into the ring. Uh, so if folks want to find out more about our home game series, they can go to rec.poker slash home game. Uh, Merv, you're welcome to uh, stick around for the rest of the show here as we talk about some results. Um, John, why don't you tell us uh, who won some recent games and who won some prizes in the games that we've been playing? And uh, we can send out some pins later this week, hopefully. Oh, you're sending out pins each week, are you, Jim, to yeah, Australia? Uh, yeah, actually, I am sending pins to Australia. One of our one of our recent winners, Luke, is Australian, and he told me he was going to order his pins. Maybe I should put a little a little care package in there and see if he'll pop it in the Aussie Post for you. Mm. I would I would like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Shall I just send you my I'll just send you my postal address, Jim. Well, why don't Why don't you Why don't we make this official? Yeah. Thanks, for I look forward to that. <laughs> I'll wear it. I'll, I promise I'll wear it. I know you will. I'm going I'm to send it. I'm going to send it. That's it. You got me. <laughs> All right. First, we have Aces 54320. Kathy Chang got her third nightly victory this year. And then this must be a typo, but Lufsterini oh, no. Jim oh, Reed no. oh, got his first nightly victory what? for the year. What? They let anybody win these damn things these days. <laughs> well, I suppose if you let someone play every night, they're bound to win eventually. <laughs> small field that day, John? Yeah, small it was. Field. Very small. <laughs> I think they had like four players in it. Four players, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and oh, three yeah. of them Keep were sitting out. Keep um, it up. <laughs> then Ball, Danny Wood, got his oh, first right nightly victory for the Another year. Australian. Uh, the Australian yes. invasion is on. Kek Geek, that would be Kek Geek Sr., got his sixth nightly victory for the year. 33rd lifetime. So I think Kek Geek uh, Jr., Kek Geek 65, is, needs to get a move on if he wants to stay ahead of his dad. Mm-hmm. Then GF Hawk, Eric Romo, got his second nightly victory for the year. Man. Jody All, Johanna Jody Allison, got her second nightly victory for the year. A really mad guy, mad guy, got his second mixed victory, daily mixed victory for the year. Oslo Berger, Tron Vidar Stensby, won the early morning international victory for his second victory of the year. Rick the Good Dog won the later international vic- tournament for his second international victory for the year. And then Jay Sedham, Jeff S., got hit, won the LPP event, so he can contact info at rec.poker for his free month at Learn Pro Poker. Nice. We got a couple of heavy hitters in that one. Thanks, John. Um, and I, I while you were talking... I looked up our friend Merv Harvey in our pin spreadsheet document that you've put together, which is amazing, by the way. And it's true. He wasn't blowing smoke. He is owed a bronze pin. So tell you what, Merv, um, <laughs> you show so much love to your the guests on your show. I am going to mail you that bronze pin. You deserve it, buddy. So um, thank you, Jim. I can't believe you had to look it up like you didn't believe it. Well, we we don't (laughs) just take people's word for things over here. It's a rigorously uh, reviewed organization at every level. Well, they're so coveted. I mean, we've had, you know, (laughs) Phil Hummuth has said that he won a pin. Yeah. Nope, never did. Yeah. Uh, Negreanu, same thing. He wanted the pin. He didn't get it. 
So, you know, we just have to make sure that people have no. actually earned these pins. Yes, yeah. Lappin referred to it as one of the pinnacles in the poker world, if I remember from the show last week. Um, so, I just, I mean, I don't want to put words in David Lappin's mouth, but I just think, you know, people know how valuable these pins are. And there's a whole gray market for them, from what I understand. Yeah. I, I just want to let you know, Merv, I have two. So, you know, if you really want to get to that pinnacle, <laughs> you have to achieve the two that I have won. Yeah, so. right. yeah, there's John. John's looking good. John's looking good with his uh, with his awards. That, now, that's a medal. That's a medal medal right there. I wasn't going to play today, Joe, but you're making me want to jump on, Joe. I've got too many things to do. But... <laughs> well, congratulations to all our victors. And um, thanks for everyone who plays in our uh, in our home game club. We think it's a great place to come and practice your skills and uh, get to know other Rec Poker members as well. It's a great community there. Um, so uh, it's funny. The one that I won last week was on Tuesday night. And on Tuesday nights for all of May, June, and July, we're actually running a collaborative uh, contest with 100K Studios. So every Tuesday night, you're going to win... Uh, if you make it to the final table, you're going to win points on a leaderboard each month. So if you're listening to this live, oh, wait, no one's listening to this live because we couldn't do it on YouTube tonight for some stupid reason. Um, if you're listening to this <laughs> when it comes out on Friday, you've got time to join uh, June's leaderboard. So for all of June, there's going to be uh, every Tuesday night, play in the home game just like you normally would. We'll track your points like usual, and we'll talk to Rob Gardner over at 100K Studios about getting your points there. And then for all of July, there'll be a separate uh, points race. The winner each month gets entered into a qualifier tournament this summer where someone's going to win uh, a $1,000 entry to a Run Good uh, Poker Tour series event later this summer uh, or later this year. So I'm really excited for that. Uh, all you have to do is play in our free Play Money Home Games on Tuesday nights and you can win that prize. Just like if you're playing in our free Play Money Home Game uh, on Sundays, you can win a free month at Learn Pro Poker. Uh, just one of the perks of being a member here at Rec Poker is free to join. The cost is nothing, but the prizes are real and the fun is rampant. Um, speaking of rampant fun, I also want to just mention again, we are going to be having our meetup game down on the Strip. If you're around in Las Vegas for the last week of June, it'll be sometime between the 23rd and the 28th. We're still figuring out exactly when, but it's going to be super fun. Um, I don't want to share too many details until we get them absolutely locked down with the casino that we're working with to make this happen. But I'm really excited for it. Um, and I hope some folks that are down there for the series get to uh, join in and have some fun with us there. Uh, fellas, is there anything else that we need to touch on before we release our Australian hostage here and roll on into the forums edition of the podcast, which we'll be recording next? Doesn't seem Just like is, it. Are you... Are you keeping him hostage in your basement, Jim? Um, uh, no comments. Okay. You mean my storage room? My storage yeah. room? Yeah. There's potato, no. potato. Sure, sure, Jim's your uncle. Whatever. You know, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to have to host a party up here in Coburg, Ontario. And all you guys can come on over and see just how non-murder dungeon-y my basement is. And until then, I'll just keep referring to it as the non-murder dungeon-y basement. Yeah. We should really get That's the point so. across. You think? <laughs> that sounds horrifying. So, 
<laughs> All right. Well, uh, as always, I have to thank um, everyone here, uh, Eric, Joe, John, for being part of the Wrecking Crew, uh, as they are each and every week. They do so much to make the magic happen here. Uh, Merv Harvey for coming on the show. All you listeners at home, the Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino. Um, we couldn't do it without all of your support. So thanks to everyone. I hope you had fun. We'll see you again next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks, guys. Bye for now.